Hello there. You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio. It's April 2018, and here we are again with our English program, our monthly English block on the radio. So, we're going to kick off with students' questions. Then there will be some music and a story. And, you know, expressions and vocabulary and pronunciation comments on the way. So, let's get started. Hope you like the program and you learn some new things today, too. Here we go. First question. What's the meaning of ain't? You can see this a lot in songs, for example. Well, ain't, first of all, is not considered to be an educated use of English. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means that it's a substitute word. Although some people argue that it's not even a word. But anyway, if you flip the dictionary open, you can actually find that word in the entries. And uh, what does a dictionary say about ain't? Well, ain't covers um, the meaning of the combination of other words. Ain't can mean am not, or are not, or is not. And it can also mean have not got, haven't got, or hasn't got. Write examples. For example, you can say, It ain't heavy. It isn't heavy. It ain't heavy. Or, There ain't no butter in the fridge. There isn't any butter in the fridge. That is, there ain't, uh, as you can see, it often goes with a double negative. So, there ain't no butter in the fridge, which is, you know, not considered to be correct in English. But people use it, and you can hear it. And um, so, now you know what it means. Let's move on. Um, let's just go ahead here. Next question. Hmm. Yeah, how do you say lo más tarde? Lo más tarde. Well, you can say no later than or at the latest. For example, I'll send you the report on Monday at the latest. Okay. Difference between goal, aim, target or objective. Hmm. Well, I would say that aim and target may sound a little more technical, professional, but not necessarily. Because you can say your professional goals are... So anyway, I can't really tell you. Goal. You can have a personal goal, which is something you want to achieve. A personal target? Hmm, not so much. Your aim... Maybe. Objective. Yeah, you can say that. You've got an objective, a personal objective. All right, conclusion. Hmm, read. Read, look for examples. You know, and 
and just learn to use them, and then they will sound right. And when they sound right, that's a pretty good sign that you know you're kind of on the right track and using them correctly. Um, right, a responsible or a supervisor. Hmm, yeah, of course, in Spanish, un responsable is a person. Yeah, kind of a you know a person who has some supervising tasks and responsibilities. So you can say responsibility, but not a responsible. You could say a responsible person, but that's different. Anyway, if you want to say that there is a person in charge of something, you could say he's a supervisor or a manager or the person in charge. Yeah, well, okay, questions here. What's the difference between fun and funny? Oh yeah, this gets kind of mixed up oftentimes and that's... Well, I don't know why that is. It doesn't matter, really. But here's the explanation of the difference. Fun is when you have a good time. And funny is something or someone that or who makes you laugh. So, a funny film, a funny comment, a funny person, they will make you laugh. Or smile, at least. You know, uh, but um, fun. Fun is having a good time. So, have fun. It means have a good time. Enjoy what you're doing. That would be the difference. So, okay. I think that's enough for today. And we can look at more examples next time. Alright, this is Queen. Queen's innuendo. Um, a song from... I think that the album's titled Innuendo 2. What does innuendo mean? Well, innuendo is like a reference, not a direct one. It's an indirect reference to something not very nice, not very pleasant. Kind of. So... It's like... A subtle message which is communicated in an indirect way. Well, if you look at the lyrics and the words, it seems it's about, at least to me, it's about the search that people, you know, humans, do in a never-ending way. We keep on looking for an answer. Never give up looking for an answer.
Okay, a couple of expressions you could uh, learn here. Keep on, as we said, keep on means continue, which is a phrasal verb. Then tread a fine line. A fine line is like um, a borderline between two things. You know, you've got to decide, and it's a fine line. You've got to be careful not to make a mistake, um, because you can easily get off track. Um, yeah, turn yourself into something. Mm, it means you can become somebody you want to be. Turn yourself into. It's actually used for things too. You can turn something into something else, which means you can use an object for another purpose, other than it was designed for originally. We're going to move on, and today we're going to read a story from Grimm's Tales, Grimm's Fairy Tales, and this is uh, going to be in the next block, which is our story time. Water of Life, from Grimm's Fairy Tales, written by the Brothers Grimm, and translated into English by Edgar Taylor and Marian Edwards. The Water of Life. Long before you or I were born, there reigned in a country a great way off a king who had three sons. The king once fell very ill, so ill that nobody thought he could live. His sons were very much grieved at the father's sickness, and as they were walking together very mournfully in the garden of the palace, a little old man met them and asked what was the matter. They told him that the father was very ill, and that they were afraid nothing could save him. I know what would," said the little old man. "It is the water of life. If he could have a draught of it." He would be well again, but it is very hard to get. Then the eldest son said, "I will soon find it," and he went to the sick king and begged that he might go in search of the water of life, as it was the only thing that he could save him. No," said the king, 
I had rather die than place you in such great danger as you must meet with in your journey. But he begged so hard that the king let him go, and the prince thought to himself, If I bring my father this water, he will make me sole heir to his kingdom. Let's just pause for a moment here. So, what have we learned so far? Well, there is a king who is ill, he's got three sons, and, um, well, the sons are very sad, obviously, that the father is not feeling well. And um, actually, he's dying. So um, they want to, um, you know, save him. And um, they just um, discover, but there's a man, an old man, uh, who um, tells them what to do. And that is to bring him the water of life. And so the first son, he, you know, he's, he's kind of, he feels like he's up to it. He says, okay, I'm going to get it. And, um, and obviously, um, you know, the water of life, it's not something you can find in the street, <laughs> just any place. You have to really look for it and you really have to go through difficulties to find it. Um, and so the old king knows that um, if you go out there, there will be danger and, you know, hardships. So he doesn't want his son to go but the son says, yeah, I want to go. And we find out that uh, the son doesn't only want to go because, you know, because he wants to save the father for the father's sake, but, um, but also because he wants something in exchange. He wants to be the only heir. Heir means, well, it's pronounced as heir, you know, like heir, heir. But uh, it's written with an H. E-I-R Heir An heir is the person who inherits the possessions of the parents uh, So this this uh, boy, the oldest one, wanted to be the only heir of the kingdom <laughs> So he set out And when he had gone on his way, sometime he came to a deep valley Overhung with rocks and woods And as he looked around, he saw standing above him one of the rocks a little ugly dwarf with a sugarloaf cap and a scarlet cloak. And the dwarf called to him and said, Prince, whither so fast? What is that to thee, you ugly imp? said the prince haughtily and rode on. But the dwarf was enraged at his behavior and laid a fairy spell of ill luck upon him. So that as he rode on, the mountain pass became narrower and narrower, and at last the way was so straightened that he could not go on to step forward. And when he thought to have turned his horse round and go back the way he came, he heard a loud laugh ringing round him and found that the path was closed behind him, so that he was shut in all round. He next tried to get off his horse and make his way on foot, but again the laugh rang in his ears, and he found himself unable to move a step, and thus he was forced to abide spellbound. Yeah, let's pause for a moment again. So what happened? The, well, the boy uh, left home and started looking for the uh, water of life, and on his way he met a little dwarf, you know, and, um, and so this little dwarf was an ugly one, and, you know, this, the prince was just too proud 
and he was just too self-important and didn't care about. I mean, he just responded in a disrespectful way and went on thinking he would not need any help, you know, he could just deal with things on his own. But it didn't work out because the dwarf had some magic spell. And of course, um, that's that's where we are now, that the, the boy just can't go on. He's just stuck. So let's see what happens. Um, okay. Meantime, the old king was lingering on in daily hope of his son's return, till at last the second son said, Father, I will go in search of the water of life. For he thought to himself, My brother is surely dead, and the kingdom will fall to me if I find the water. The king was at first very unwilling to let him go, but at last yielded to his wish. So he set out and followed the same road which his brother had done, and met with the same elf who stopped him at the same spot in the mountains, saying as before, Prince, prince, whither so fast? Mind your own affairs, busybody, said the prince scornfully, and rode on. But the dwarf put the same spell upon him as he put on his elder brother, and he too was at last obliged to take up his abode in the heart of the mountains. Thus it is with proud, silly people who think themselves above everyone else and are too proud to ask or take advice. When the second prince had thus been gone a long time, the youngest son said he would go and search for the water of life, and trusted he should soon be able to make his father well again. So he set out, and the dwarf met him too at the same spot in the valley among the mountains, and said, Prince, whither so fast? And the prince said, I am going in search of the water of life, because my father is ill and like to die. Can you help me? Pray be kind and aid me if you can. Do you know where it is to be found? asked the dwarf. No, said the prince, I do not. Pray tell me if you know. Well, let's stop for a moment again here. Uh, so what, uh, what's been going on? We've got the second son who goes out and the same thing happens to him. You know, he goes out because the father is worried that the first son hasn't returned. So the second one goes out and same story, you know, meets the, the elf, meets the dwarf and speaks to him in an, in an arrogant way. And so the dwarf gets angry and, you know, and the second son gets the same um, reward, the same spell. And he can't move on. And, and so time passes and the third son decides to go out. But this time, the smallest one uh, is not like uh, the older ones. He's not, as, he's not arrogant, you know, he's, he's more humble. And so he, um, he listens to, to, the, to the elf and he says, you know, even though you're an elf, maybe you can help me. He actually asks for help. And so what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's going to have the same reward or a different one? Well, let's see. Let's continue with the story. Then, as you have spoken to me kindly, 
and are wise enough to seek for advice, I will tell you how and where to go. The water you seek springs from a well in an enchanted castle. And that you may be able to reach it in safety, I will give you an iron wand and two little loaves of bread. Strike the iron door of the castle three times with the wand and it will open. Two hungry lions will be lying down inside, gaping for their prey. But if you throw them the bread, they will let you pass. Then hasten on to the well and take some water of the water of life before the clock strikes twelve. For if you tarry longer, the door will shut up on you forever. Well, then the prince thanked his little friend with the scarlet cloak for his friendly aid and took the wand and the bread and went traveling on and on over sea and over land till he came to his journey's end and found everything to be as the dwarf had told him. The door flew open at the third stroke of the wand and when the lions were quieted he went on through the castle and came at length to a beautiful hall. Around it he saw several knights sitting in a trance. Then he pulled off their rings and put them on his own fingers. In another room he saw on a table a sword and a loaf of bread, which he also took. Further on he came to a room where a beautiful young lady sat upon a couch. And she welcomed him and said, If he would set her free from the spell that bound her, the kingdom should be his if he would come back in a year and marry her. Then she told him that the well that held the water of life was in the palace gardens and bade him make haste and draw what he wanted before the clock struck twelve. Okay, some comments again. The third son now is in the castle inside. Yeah, and he's, um, he's on his way to find the well. And on his way he has taken some things from the knights, something he found in a, in a room, and, uh, and then he meets the princess, and of course, um, you know, the princess also warns him, hey, you must finish your duty, your task, before the clock strikes 12. That is, uh, your power and your possibilities are not infinite. You have to make use of them before midnight. Okay, let's move on. He walked on, and as he walked through beautiful gardens, he came to a delightful shady spot in which stood a couch, and he thought to himself as he felt tired that he would rest himself for a while and gaze on the lovely scenes around him. So he laid himself down, and sleep fell upon him unawares, so that he did not wake up till the clock was striking a quarter to twelve. Then he sprang from the couch, dreadfully frightened, ran to the well, filled the cup that was standing by him full of water, and hastened to get away in time. Just as he was going out of the iron door, it struck twelve, and the door fell so quickly upon him that it snapped off a piece of his heel. When he found himself safe, he was overjoyed to think that he had got the water of life, and as he was going on his way homewards, he passed by the little dwarf, who, when he saw the sword and the loaf, said, 
You have made a noble prize. With the sword, you can at a blow slay whole armies, and the bread will never fail you. Then the prince thought to himself, I cannot go home to my father without my brothers. So he said, My dear friend, cannot you tell me where my two brothers are, who set out in search of the water of life before me, and never came back? I have shut them up by a charm between two mountains, said the dwarf, because they were too proud and ill-behaved, and scorned to ask advice. The prince begged so hard for his brothers that the dwarf at last set them free, though unwillingly, saying, Beware of them, for they have bad hearts. Their brother, however, was greatly rejoiced to see them, and told them all that had happened to him, how he had found the water of life, and had taken a cup full of it, and how he had set a beautiful princess free from a spell that bound her, and how she had engaged to wait a whole year, and then to marry him, and to give him the kingdom. Okay, let's pause for a moment again. So the prince was successful. He got the water of life. He was carrying it home. And he even got his brothers set free. So, great. Um, he was, you know, very frank and honest. And he just um, told the brothers exactly what had happened to him. And all the, um, all the promise and all the um, bright future that was awaiting him. And, uh, you know, but the dwarf had warned him, hey, beware of your brothers because they have bad hearts. What do you think that means? Well, what do you think the brothers are going to do now? Do you think they're going to take away the water from the little brother? Or they're going to do something even worse? Well, let's see if we have time to discover that today. You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legradi. It's our April edition in 2018. So let's see what happens in the story. They all three rode on together and on their way home came to a country that was laid waste by war and the dreadful famine. And so it was feared all must die for want, but the prince gave the king of the land the bread, and all his kingdom ate of it, and he lent the king the wonderful sword, and he slew the enemy's army with it, and thus the kingdom was once more in peace and plenty. In the same manner he befriended two other countries through which they passed on their way. When they came to the sea, they got into a ship, and during their voyage, the two eldest said to themselves, Our brother has got the water which we could not find. Therefore, our father will forsake us and gave him the kingdom, which is our right. So they were full of envy and revenge and agreed together how they could ruin him. Then they waited till he was fast asleep and poured the water of life out of the cup and took it for themselves giving him bitter seawater instead. We don't have time to finish the story today. But anyway, um, we know that you know the brothers took away 
the water from the little brother. And now when he goes back to the palace, well, is he going to be able to help the father or not? Well, that is something yet to be found out. Maybe some other time, maybe next time. But now we have to finish. We've come to the end of the program. Hope you've enjoyed it and you enjoy learning, you know, uh, English. And um, have fun. This was Create English on Ripollet Radio in April 2018. Talk to you next time. Bye now.